Hello, and welcome back to Showing Up Messy. This is the podcast about the messy parts of the creative process and showing up before we feel ready. And today, I'm talking all about showing up with Mike Kaplan. Uh, We actually talked about this three months ago, but for you, it's happening right now. So that's exciting. And it was exciting for me to listen to this again. And I can tell you, um, the conversation still holds up three months later. Who would know? Who would know? Um, I know because I just listened to it. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. Mike is a comedian and wonderful human who lives in New York City. And you are going to want to find out more about him if you don't already know more about him. So I'm just going to give you that information up top. He has a podcast as well called Broccoli and Ice Cream, which, um, fun fact, if you want to listen to the companion episode to this episode, the one we recorded immediately afterwards, uh, we recorded one for his podcast, Broccoli and Ice Cream. So you could go look it up, um, on the internet. That's all possible. You'll feel like a detective, you know, like you found the missing twin sister of this episode. Um, even though you had a really big tip off, which is me telling you about it. Uh, yes, but otherwise these things are not linked. They're just both independently out there in the world. Uh, another way you can find Mike is by checking out his special on Amazon. It's called small dork and handsome. So funny. Love a good wordplay. There's a lot of that in this episode. So buckle up. Um, and yeah, he also has other albums on iTunes and you should follow him on social media um, because he just is delightful and funny and insightful. He's all the good things you would want in a person. And so I'm excited to share this episode with you. I hope you enjoy. This is Showing Up Messy. Can I say something? Yeah, I, I would love for you to. Thank you. I, I'm showing up to this podcast now. A joke that I'm sure nobody makes. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, re- you, you've come to my home to record, and I appreciate it. Thank you for doing. Thank you for showing up. Uh, I'll stop. Every sentence will not be about that, except for this final one, which is uh, when you arrived. My girlfriend and I were uh, looking for uh, a book I, because we both enjoy reading Pema Chodron. Uh, and I just finished the book, uh, uh, one of her books, and I was like, where's this other one? Do we have it? I know you have had it, and we were looking for it. We were looking for uh, When Things Fall Apart. Uh, Couldn't locate it, and I'm really starting. Things are starting to fall apart, but the book that I did just finish by her is Start Where You Are. Start Where You Are. Do you know that book? I don't know that book, but I have read When Things Fall Apart, so we have the two ends of every experience. We know everything. We know how to start things. Together. Yeah, together. We like, look, you can start where you are, but when things fall apart. Oh, yeah. You also, guess what? You just go right back to starting where you are. I'm starting from a place where things are falling apart. Literally, though, that's exactly what both, I mean, I haven't read Start Where You Are. We're all one. We're all one. All the books. And here we are. Yes. We're both showing up. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and i'm very happy and that was like a long introduction oh yeah so your new catchphrase i've got that new catchphrase yeah. but it's all pima chodron related yes of course, of course because she's made it so that she 
is relevant in any human experience. I mean, every everyone, as I understand it, if you go deep down enough into your own human experience, you will reach, you know, the bottom, the top, the in, the every, uh, where we are all, you know, the inner, the, the you know, we're all like spokes on a on a bike wheel. It's been said. I get that. I think from like Ramdas, and then we're all like on the outside of the wheel, and it seems separate. We're all in these separate parts. But if you go deep enough in, then you're like, oh, we're all we're all in. We're all there at the middle. Oh, I love that. Yes. But so I feel like there's certain people in the world that are good at seeing that we're all one and you're one of those people. Well, uh, I appreciate that. And I would say that we're all, you know, different places along a path that I, you know, probably if you had met, you know, if you had met me, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I would have been not as far along living and experience. Also, you would have been a child. But if you could be who you are (laughs) now, uh, meeting me as, you know, a younger adult, uh, then I also then would have been, you know, much, I wouldn't have been a person who knew the things that I would learn over the course of the years. And so I feel like sometimes there are people who can like, you know, light, uh, light our lights. Like everyone has the capacity, uh, for, you know, understanding for like, everybody knows different things. Everybody is good at different things. And you sometimes don't even learn, you know, that you can because there's so many you, kids are sort of set off on maybe different paths of like you have to go to school or maybe if you grow up in a place where that's not the thing you don't or, you know, not I thought like, you know, my family in this, you know, suburban New Jersey area where I grew up was like, you know, you go to school like we, my parents were teachers. So they're mm. like, definitely school is the thing that that's it's important. Sure. It's kind yeah. of self-serving on there. Like, schools are important. Schools, uh, yeah, yes. We, we need to keep them in business. <laughs> Uh, and uh, this the, you is know, how the, you learn. The lucrative, the, yeah, the the Ponzi scheme, kind of like the pharmaceutical school. industry yeah. of big the med- school. Oh, big school! Yeah. <laughs> there literally I, is oh, big I school, wish. though. Yeah. I mean, do you know how much money we spend on higher education? It's like oh, higher. We need, I mean, we need to make it <clears throat> start start lower, and then I think we'll have to we'll get to spend less on higher. <laughs> if we start lower, yeah. Oh wow, this is. I mean, I'm yeah. ready to write a book about this uh, right now. That sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so but I, I mean, remember. Yes. Yeah, so I started out my life uh, assuming that, you know, I would go to high school and college and get a job and then all these things. And then like along the way I met, you know, and then eventually I became a comedian. I'm like, oh, I didn't have to do not any of that. I'm like, I'm glad I did read a lot of the things that I did and learn the things and socialize in Mm. various ways, though it might have been for me more summer camp than school that like helped, you know, me click into, oh, you know, like whatever way that you are or want to be or can be or feel like whatever things, you know, you naturally gravitate towards like those are things like hey if that feels good and like you know it isn't hurting anybody then you know why not keep traveling down that line you know towards music or comedy or art or science or sports or whatever whatever things are you know the sticky topics uh the sticky concepts for you uh and so I didn't know anything. All I knew in the beginning was like, oh, yeah, go to school and take the tests. And uh, eventually, you know, some something lit up when I like taught myself guitar. 
uh, like a friend of mine had a guitar yeah. and I had been playing. My parents had, my mom had made me. My parents had made me. I think they have presented as a unified front, but it was more my mom, like, uh, who wanted me to have mu- love for music. Uh, and so made me play the violin, like gave me a choice when I was four. But, you know, what does a four year old know? I was like, sure. But then I hated it. I hated it, but I had to do it. I was like, well, I agreed, you know, and I like I right. was made to because, well, you know, my choices weren't all my own. Uh, it became sort of like, you know, more religious than religion to my mom. Like I also went to, you know, school like Hebrew school and mm. studied to have a bar mitzvah. But that wasn't m- music was more a religion for my mom. Uh, than religion was and so like I could have probably she would have probably let me quit temple but she wouldn't have let me quit music so I did music and I learned and I took theory classes and was in orchestras and did all these things and I didn't love it uh, until I started teaching myself guitar because a friend of mine had a guitar and I was just noodling around with it and I didn't I had to play the violin theoretically but I didn't have to play the guitar I got to play the guitar and I because it was my choice and so I just played for hours every day and that was practicing but I didn't call it practicing I was just like playing and I learned and all of the mm. the information that the, the violin had you know that was all ingrained in me thanks to my mom thanks to these things there's the the book the prophet by khalil gibran that has uh i'm always never sure if i'm saying it right but i'm sure i'm doing I'm it sure pretentiously <laughs> uh that my favorite quote in it is uh the greater that sorrow carves into your being the more joy you can contain and so this is like a thing that i might talk about on stage some i have a little bit but the idea that uh and maybe you've seen me do it but my mom you know was the person who I've, I've told him like, oh, wow, like you started me on the violin, which like rep- was, was sort of at the time sorrow. Like I threw tantrums. I didn't like it. But because of the grooves carved in me, the musical knowledge and literally into my fingers via calluses, eventually yeah. when I started playing the guitar, it was just able to fill those grooves with joy with such joy and my mom was like oh no i made you feel sorrow i'm like no no you're missing it now i'm causing you sorrow but no try to have the joy like let's both have the joy and so that was when i learned i'm like oh like that's what i love doing i was like if i a question that i ask people sometimes is uh like if you could do anything, if you had all the money that you needed, all the resources, all if everything was taken care of, if you won a grant, if you won the lottery, like what would you spend your time doing? Like what would what would your enjoyable, you know, what would uh, I know on your one of your uh, questions on a piece of paper is like what is your ideal day look like? I'm like what does your ideal life look like? And or what what yeah. would your day look like? What do you enjoy spending your time doing? Is it you know creating things artistically and or helping people, being in nature, traveling, like doing a specific job make you know making music or comedy you know whatever the things are and so that was for me when I realized like in high school or at summer camp while I was in high school uh, that playing like writing songs playing the guitar and writing songs was what I wanted to do if I could do anything if I was like I would love to have a career where I write songs play songs people listen to them people buy albums people come see me perform and that is what ultimately led me I started doing that as much as I could and that led me to comedy uh, and then, so that was like the first like flicker of like, you know, nobody taught me, like my mom didn't teach me music or didn't get me into music because she wanted me to be, you know, a singer songwriter, like the kind of, because my parents are both, you know, musicians, but with jobs, you know, with like 401ks or IRAs right. with like retirement plans and, you know, abilities to pay, uh, rent or mortgages. And, uh, like even, you know, even when I started out being like, I'm going to do this and they're like, but how will you pay for things? How will you your support retirement? yourself? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so this, 
it was like a, a funny thing that I you know I realized I'm like oh well that's not 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 that retirement's not important not that money's not important uh but that living my life the way that I wanted to like that I wasn't just listening I wasn't just following like the path that was set before me I'm like oh I can do that like whatever it was that that showed me that I'm like I'm grateful for and sometimes it is you know like a teacher or a counselor or a friend or you know some other aspect of society a celebrity uh, you know somebody who's doing what you want to do uh, or you start doing something you're like oh I want to do this uh, and so s the point of this is all I think uh, to say that there are also like books that I've read and like podcasts I've listened to like gurus or you know s other spiritual sort of uh, speakers and teachers and mm -hmm. lectures and learners like there's this woman do you know Marianne Williamson yes uh, so uh, my girlfriend Rini and I go see her sometimes we actually saw her last night On, oh uh, and she, I've uh, actually never been to see her live oh it's I mean you know they they live stream she it does every, every Tuesday, Tuesday and right? so it's every other two the first and third Tuesdays in New York and uh, she specifically, one of the things she said last night was like, you know, she's been, I think, you know, sort of preaching uh, from the 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 context of like the Course in Miracles uh, for like, you know, decades. Yeah. And that she doesn't consider herself like, you know, an enlightened divine master. She thinks there are those people. But she's like, I'm just uh, I forget where this came from, but. The idea that the idea is that like the teacher is just like, you know, a half a step ahead of the student. She's like, I've been reading this and studying it longer than you have. So I can offer you at least a little more like times worth of experience right. with it. And so there are people like that. And so if you're like, oh, this person seems to have a good grasp of this. She and she made an analogy that was like, you know, a, a literary a Russian literature professor mm -hmm. isn't claiming to be Dostoevsky, but they're like, right. I, they're like, I've studied Dostoevsky enough that I can hopefully let bring you to a place where you can uh, experience what you and how you interpret and analyze and engage with an experience Dostoevsky, mm. which uh, there's a book also that I'm reminded of that I have or maybe maybe have given away called several short or several or a few hmm, a few short sentences about writing. The author's name is Klinkenborg, and it's uh, it's really just a, a very cool sort of like meditative thing, like no chapters, and it's about writing and about how to write. And in the I think in the introduction, Klinkenborg says, "I'm not here to teach you how to write like me. I'm here to help you like write like you." And so mm. that's the that's an example of like the kind of thing that, oh, yeah, like sort of like game recognized game or like, oh, I like something that lights up it or resonates, you know, whatever. If you're an audio or a visual or a kinesthetic person, whatever language you want to use to say like, oh, that that person is doing, you know, both e either what they want to do or what they what they're called to do, what they should be doing, like what comes naturally, what they want to work at. And that's what I want to do. I want to find my thing. And so. The mm. idea of like seeing the way in which we all are like there's some ways in which we're all different, we're all unique, and there's some ways in which we are all the same and one. And so those are things that I have, you know, experienced or seen because I have like learned from and I'm still learning from like people who've been, you know, walking these paths and seeing these paths longer than I have. That's a really great way. I mean, every every single step of the way, what you just said was like answering my follow up question to oh, like, so sure. what are some things that like have guided you? And you're like, <laughs> well, here are three examples of like really concrete resources you could look at. You know, uh, wow, like I love that 
imagery too of just like oh someone who lights up something in me you know like that's all that and and it can happen in really casual interactions too it's not necessarily even like I'm formally seeking out spiritual training like or I'm what oh yeah but it's also yeah our, it's, yeah, yeah it's, our, I, 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 I have so much to say. Just kidding. <laughs> no, please go on. Well, no, I just want to, I, I was just going to say that it seemed, well, it's just a really, it, the your humility also in, in just in recognizing where you are, because it's not like you're saying, I don't know anything. It's like, no, I actually, I do know these things, but I'm not trying to be Dostoevsky. You know, I'm, like I'm that's definitely not Dostoevsky. Well, look, he's not I even mean, I mean, on the shelves. We're all one. Yeah. We're all one. <laughs> but I, so by that, so, so we are Dostoevsky. <laughs> nah. uh, but I'll also say uh, maybe two things, maybe infinite things. But you can, you can, you're welcome to say infinite. Thank things. you. Two to infinite. I, I maybe only one. Who can say? Uh, <laughs> maybe zero if I never start. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. That's really and, uh, the point. Yeah. This is, this is showing up and uh, leaving even messier. This is uh, when things fall apart. Uh, start. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm gonna start. Um, a thing about so. The can I talk about the first time that I did mushrooms? You may, of course. Uh, the so I I haven't I've done I'm you know almost forty years old, and I think I probably smoked pot for the first time when I was like twenty three or twenty four, uh, and I didn't love it, and I mostly don't love it. A joke that I tell sometimes is like that I do it once in a while just to make sure that I still don't like it. Oh, I do the same thing. I but I and I. Like, it's kind of like I treat it like a vegetable sure. where I'm like, <laughs> like, let's see, do I like Brussels sprouts? <laughs> Except I do like Brussels, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are super. And it's also I do now like edible pot in certain like private situations, like at home, because the way that pot I was always offered, it was mm. like at a party, friends, people around. And then, but for me, it makes me very like cloudy and kind of just want to like, I want to like lie there. It makes me sleepy. Yes. And then and I get frustrated because I'm not able to say my head thoughts out of my mouth. Yeah. You're, you can't say your head thoughts out of your mouth. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it's you've, we've smoked pot now. We didn't. But uh, I like that edibles allow you to take like, you know, to know exactly how much is going in. Maybe, you know, if you have what kind of, what brand or genre of pot it is. I'm very right. advanced in pot. I know that there's brands and genres. And Genre, I don't think they're things. called that. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what brand or genre of pot? Um, and so I didn't love it, but then I did a couple years later, like try mushrooms for the first time. I'd heard about them. Mm. I like read about them. I'm I've been a person who's like maybe you know not. Uh, I'm like some you know. There's a thing about religion where I th- I forget what this joke is. It's about maybe maybe all religion, but I heard about like from Judaism, which is the culture I was, you know, secularly raised in, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that anybody who is less religious than you is like not even the religion that you are, but anybody who's more religious than you is, uh, I guess the, I'm trying to say it now in a let in a non ableist way, because it used to be, they would say like, uh, they are, uh, it used to be you would say they are quote crazy, uh, but I don't like to use the word crazy anymore. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, oh, I guess I'll only use it to mention it to say that I don't want to say it uh, because we're like, oh, look at those people who are doing so much more stuff than us. Like, why they they're don't have to do that? Yeah, forget about that. Yeah, they're yeah fanatical. That sounds fanatical. That sounds reasonable for now. Sure. Uh, well, we'll get back to you. But uh, yes, yeah, we'll, so, get, we'll yeah, let like, you know. We're what the at official... the optimal level. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, uh, not with religion, but with the idea of like control like i'm like some people might be like uh who are less you know uh aware and i guess like i i would definitely do not have i'm not on 
I do not have OCD as like okay. a clinical diagnosis, but if it's a spectrum, I'm like, I probably am like farther along than a few people, which in some ways, because it doesn't impact my life in a negative way for mm. the most part, uh, helps me like be more organized in certain ways. Maybe in some ways that I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to keep all of these lists in all of these ways, but I do and I want to, or I and have to, I get to, you know, I get to reframe how I think of them. And so I'm doing them. And so I wouldn't call myself a control freak, but somebody else who's like uh, at a different place along the spectrum than me might. Uh, sure. And so the point of this is all. and this It's about is, drugs. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You, you helped me <laughs> come back. And so uh, the point is that I guess, you know, one of the worries that people have about different kinds of, quote, drugs, and they're all different and have different effects mm. and you know like you can love one and not love another like one could be damaging they could all be damaged you know, there's d- different ways to abuse lots of things uh even things that aren't drugs even you know food food yeah uh food another mind-altering substance mm-hmm. um and body people always <laughs> never talk about body altering i guess they do so okay uh <laughs> but so i did mushrooms and like under like the right circumstances people talk about set and setting like your mindset and your environmental setting yeah. Uh, I did them like on a nice, beautiful island where like it was just, you know, there was nature. What island? Uh, it was Block Island off of the coast of Rhode Island. I was at a music festival. Oh, cool. Uh, and I was there with a person who either at the time was my wife or would become my wife. Uh, and so we just had a fun time playing music. And then somebody gave us mushrooms and we did them. And it was just like a beautiful. Uh, and th- this is all to say uh, before I'd ever done that. I'd, I'd only, like, heard about enlightenment. Uh, I knew it as a word. I understood, like, the intellectual concept. Mm. There was actually a book by this guy, Raymond Smullyan, who I really like. He was a, a philosopher and a logician and a mystic studier. And, uh, you know, he had books about Eastern philosophy. And also he was a mathematician. He was, like, so many cool things. He, like, went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and, like, talked about philosophy. Wow. And this book had a chapter in it which was like a little short story called planet without laughter and it talked about how like imagine a world in which you know much like our own but laughter has been sort of forgotten like it only exists the same way that like zen masters exist now theoretically or actually that like no you know most people don't aren't just like walking around enlightened like a zen master all day Mm. though we in our world we're we're walking around we could laugh we could tell a joke we could hear a joke we could enjoy comedy but imagine this world where uh the same way that we don't have people walking around experiencing enlightenment like that this world people don't walk around laughing they know what laughing is but they mostly don't do it they don't know how to do it they don't know how Mm. to access it they can make the noises of it but they'd be like ha 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 is that it but you know anybody who knows what real laughter is can pretty easily spot fake laughter yes and so there'd be like these laugh masters in the story that would try to help people not by explaining physically what laughter is but by like doing things experientially getting there trying to like just do some backflips or something and people be like oh i mean for some people they'd be like oh i understand laughter now and other people are like me too (laughs) still no still no for me yeah oh wow and so i read that story and I also remember I'd read Ishmael. Do you know that book uh, about a psychic gorilla that teaches I, via the Socratic method? <laughs> I've not read Ishmael, it's, but I've heard of it. It's really great. Okay. Uh, and it was just and sort of about like the history of humanity and society from 
like 10,000 years ago when agriculture and religion sort of were both born in the Fertile Crescent and like started the the society of like they he he calls them take like we're a taker society as compared to like a lever society that like maybe lives you know indigenously like off of the land and like whereas our our capitalist structures you know require like oh we're we're gonna expand and get bigger and there's gonna be more and then you have Mm -hmm. to you know spread out and either conquer or assimilate and that's what's been happening for the past 10,000 years and there used to be all these different cultures that just sort of and so I was just learning about these things and then when I did mushrooms I started like seeing that was like maybe one of the first times that I was like oh like I don't know this person, but I kind of know this person or like, you know, just like observing like the external internal. It was just like, you know, an experience that probably I can't completely share. But I finally, you know, I wouldn't say that, you know, I became enlightened afterwards, but at least I'll say that I now have more of a I had more of an understanding of what the concept could mean than I did before I had done them. Before I was just yeah. like, they're just words I only understand intellectually, but on mushrooms at least, which is a thing I've heard there are some like monks that have like, you know, maybe trained themselves to attain enlightenment without mushrooms via using mushrooms like as sort of a, a tool, a stepping mm-hmm. stone along the way. And so that is in part what it felt like. It felt like, oh, and it wasn't something new. It was just sort of again kind of illuminating something that was present in my mind in my experience and I'm like oh and it actually is kind of related to laughter sometimes in a way you're like oh like there's maybe a conflict or two things that are discordant or like cognitively dissonant like the idea of oh living for the moment and also planning for the future like which is more important to what do I do now do I remember to plan for the future do I just continue to exist in this moment and they're you know this sort of yin and yang Uh, just sort of like spinning around in my head and sometimes real like good jokes can do that like emo phillips has this joke that i love where he says i'm i love the south but i'm prejudiced (laughs) and that like it just keeps going in my head in a similar way that i'm not saying like you know every enlightened person is just thinking of that joke over and over but it probably couldn't hurt (laughs) uh and so this is all to say like yes i i would never say that i like no like i don't know anybody else's experience except for the experience that i've had and right. with memory being the faulty thing that it is and perceptions not being necessarily accurate i can't even swear that i know my own experience perfectly but uh, if i know anyone's experience i know mine and i mostly <laughs> uh i trust other people when they share theirs with me but you know experientially like so i subjectively objectively only have access to to this one so i can only compare it to how i used to be and i'm like i do think i know more about some things than i used to that's the conclusion yes (laughs) and so and that's in response to the idea of saying you know like i'm i'm not going to i mean yes I do know in in comparison to all there is, very close to nothing. Uh, and there's a thing called, I learned recently called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Do you know this? No. It's basically that the more, uh, the less information you have, the more confident you will be about yes. what information you have. Mm-hmm. So the more information you have, the more you know all the information that you don't have. So the, uh, more, you're so the, the more you'll be nuanced and not just be like, I confidently know all this because I know how many gaps there are. Uh, like, you know, that the, the less you know, then the less you know about even your own blind spots and how big they are. So I, I'm certainly aware 
You're that I I'm more aware now of all the blind spots uh, that could exist than I ever did before I knew those things. <laughs> <laughs> and every yeah. yeah, it's like an inception of disclaimers, and also you're <laughs> just like, look, look. But also, even this could be I could be a genius. Like you need to just you just need to know that. But I love I love like. What you're really highlighting is the fact, I mean, this kind of goes back to, you know, lower schools and big, big schools here. Um, but like the real teachers in life are kind of our experiences. Oh, yeah. I'm, and that reminds me of the second of possibly infinite things uh, that which is like when you're saying, you know, the examples that I gave, you know, and the you mentioned the examples don't have to be like you don't have to learn only from, you know, a teacher in a school or a spiritual guide or like, you know, just everyday activities, everyday mm-hmm. interactions can bring, you know, new understanding. Uh, like so our, our mutual friend, Liz Glazer. Hey, Liz. Uh, hello, Liz. Um, she's listening because she's the best. She's listening. Listening. Uh, and uh, she, like when we, when she and I first met uh, on what I want to say, no, she, she remembers dates all the time. I think it's January 7th and I think it's 2016. That's what I think. That Liz, am I right? Uh, like <laughs> it's funny because there are definitely some important dates that she has in her life that she remembers that she's said frequently enough that I do remember what they are and so if that's one of them I'm glad and yes. if it's not I love Liz anyway uh and we met because I was doing a show of hers uh performing on a show called Say Everything mm-hmm. and the way that the show worked was she she told me uh she and like a co-host or two uh they invited stand-ups to either do stand-up or be interviewed by them uh, in front of the audience, or right. some combination of both. And I'm like, I like the idea of both, for sure. Like, I like the opportunity to get to tell whatever jokes I want, but also I like, in a you know, a friendly, conversational back and forth. And so Liz, I remember, like, just asked, she would, you know, at appropriate times, like, after a joke, be like, can I ask you about this thing? Because it seems like this is true. Like, from what you're saying, like, can you expand more on this? And every question she asked was, like, you know, insightful and thoughtful and, like, you know, demonstrated that she had not only obviously heard what I said, but, you know, understood. And, like, I was like, this is my friend. Like, I don't know this person, but, like, we sort of became, you know, we fell in friend love immediately. Yes. And I was just like, like, what a, like, I just talked to her on the phone yesterday, uh, and like she asked, I, you know, I was away for a month at the Edinburgh Fringe Fest and she uh, I wrote journal entries every day on mm-hmm. Facebook and she read them and told me that she like loved them. And here were some like observations she had about them. And like she wasn't, you know, I, I want to say she wasn't adding like a ton of like new things, but she was like offering her perspective on it, which then and like her favorite parts and her imaginations of like, you know, what parts I hadn't shared that. She's like, knowing you, I bet this, you know, like, I bet when you went to these places regularly to eat food, which is one of my favorite parts to read, like, you probably, I now imagine, like, you having, like, a rapport that built with, like, the regular, the people who might be, you know, serving you the food there, and that's, like, I'm like, that's true, that's the thing, and, which also connects to, like, a thing that I didn't know until recently, which is, like, how much I and my family talk about, like, food, for example. I'm sure that a lot of people talk about food and think about food, but, like, the specific way in which, like, I would sometimes think about my mom, because my mom will sometimes just be like, here's where I ate today. Here's what you could have had if you were there, like this, because I'm, you know, I've been vegetarian and vegan for a long time, Mm. and and she knows that, and she has also gone through many vegetarian phases, and so whenever I'm at a rest, or whenever 
she's at a restaurant. She's like, oh, what could she thinks of me? She cares about me. She's like, what could my son eat? And even if I'm like never going to be anywhere near that restaurant, which is what I used to focus on and be like, why is my mom telling me about these places that I'll never go? It's because she's thinking about me you know, if not all the time, like so much of the time that when she's, some, how would my, how would my son continue to put food in his body to live <laughs> my, my, the life and love that we share? And so that, you know, Liz's uh, connection to like noticing that I talked about the places that I ate while I was there. Uh, and she was like, I like that. And I like, you know, so we both, it's just such a nice thing uh, where she like, you know, she could ask me a question and I could talk for an hour. I could ask her a question and she could talk for an hour. And it's just like this positive. We both, you know, help, eat at, in, so to speak, feed, you know, feed mm-hmm. each other and feed off of each other in this positive way where, you know, the same way that when, you know, when a candle lights another candle, like the light exists in both places. Like it's not that you have to give one, mm. uh, one flame to light another one. They, it multiplies. And the same is true with, you know, like love that when you love someone, it's not that you're emptying yourself out of love. Like you're offering them, you know, your verb loving that you're, you're, mm. you're doing a loving thing. They, if somebody has love, they have love and you have love and then they're doing it back. And so it's, Potentially, you know, if you love yourself, then it's just like you've got love in yourself, one. And if somebody else has love in their self, then they're, then that's one. And then now, now it's like four because it's like, you know, the one that you have and then the, you, you have for them and then they have and they have for you. And it just multiplies yes. until everyone loves each other. Yes. Because, and that's the goal. It seems that way. I, I hope mean, so. It's, I think it, yeah, it seems like the, uh, the ultimate reality, which is one of the, the truths I think in A Course in Miracles, which is that love is the only thing that is real, that like light, you know, compares yeah. light and love to darkness and fear, that darkness is not a thing, that it's just the absence, the absence of, of light. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and love. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you did it the right counts. thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Uh, and mm. so the only, you know, the way to, quote, combat darkness is not to hit it with a baseball bat, but it is to turn on the light, to offer light. If there is light, yeah. then, you know, hopefully, like, uh, sometimes one other analogy that I, I like for as far as like connecting with a new friend or a person or, you know, like to see to help things open up in mm-hmm. myself or oneself is I have this. We're here. I actually don't always have access to this because I talk about it other places. But that yellow safe that's up there on the top shelf. Yes, I see that. Uh, the cash box. Yes, the cash box. Cool. Uh, it I've had it for years, like since I was a child. And it has only one combination. The number, the combination is one number. Like if you, you, there's a lever. If you hold down the lever and just spin the dial, uh-huh. once you get to the right number, it will pop open. When you go to the bathroom, uh, it's I'm not test very it. safe. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I can show you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. You can steal whatever's in it. Great. Um, I think it's actually. I think it's drugs. I think I, it's drugs. I, I whispered Ooh. into Whispering the microphone <laughs> for public. Don't tell Don't anyone, tell everyone. <laughs> Podcast uh, people. Secret. <laughs> uh, legal drugs. The numbers between zero and nine. In <laughs> Amsterdam. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and so, but the idea is, I think that I like to think, conceive of myself as much as possible and then other people as like, you know, a safe that also has like a one number combination Mm. that, you know, you're holding you're holding it down. And then if you meet if I met when I met Liz or you or, you know, any number of people who are like caring individuals, caring for themselves, caring for the world, you know, like that you that are living their lives in ways, you know, you don't have to be the exact same, but just 
Uh, You're you, saying you have a one number combination. Yeah, it just lock pops open. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's so, like the when most. You meet I could somebody cry if who, I think about it. Who too is much that right number? Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's a high probability. Oh yeah, I mean, it's there, like a well, one in nine. There's so many people. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people. And so definitely, mm. some of the people can pop open the safe. And certainly, also, I'm not saying that everyone, like, quote, should be walking around just like ready to open ready up to, pop. to everyone. But sometimes we're especially, I think, ready to pop. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. If we're available for connection and someone else is available as well, it's like okay, our safes are open. Yes, and, and as again, also there's like sometimes I have you know pe- there are people who are potentially like open and kind and loving and forgiving and compassionate who can be taken advantage of because they are like maybe right. you know emotionally uh, manipulative and abusive narcissistic types of uh controlling people out there i was uh, thinking about it just because uh, before you got here i read i read a lot of advice columns i like hmm. uh one that i like a lot is called captain awkward uh and like captain awkward writes very thorough responses. people write long letters and they get long answers and this one was the letter was basically from a woman who was like my relationship is like 95 percent good just five percent of the time like maybe one week every three months or something he like just i can't do anything right he like you know gets upset and i feel like am i the one who is doing the wrong thing Mm -hmm. like i'm trying to just like talk about it in ways that i think are healthy but ultimately it becomes revealed you know throughout through the uh, the information in the letter and Captain Awkward is like, you are not the problem. You know, you are like this person is sort of a textbook abuser, a textbook controlling person. Especially gaslighting you to think that you are oh, yeah. the crazy one. At one and we're not yeah. saying crazy. Yeah. I'm just the you know, messy one. The messy one. <laughs> yeah. And, and not that that's bad. Yeah. No, no. Showing yeah. up messy. Hey, hey you hey, are. Hey. Oh, boy. But you uh, are messy, but yeah. you got to embrace the messy and it's not a problem. Yes. The, the certain <laughs> kind of mess. Uh, but yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there was one part of it where the the letter writer said, I am uh, like I, I told him that I felt like he was gaslighting me. And he was like, you don't know what that word means. What do you think? Oh, my God. And what a classic. Can I make that into a cartoon? I, I mean, I, I hope so. Probably yeah, later. Go ahead. I'll send you the I'll send you the link. Great. It's I'll certainly not uh, existing in cartoon art form already. It's asking for it. Oh, yeah. But uh, so it's interesting to like to know uh that 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 sort of thing like you know can happen mm-hmm. and and it's people who are like willing like this so this person one of the adv- one of the pieces of advice uh that captain awkward gave was uh even if you're right about the percentages like that is 95 percent good like what if you made a stew that was 95 percent delicious and had one you know one piece of cat turd in it like that doesn't mean that the stew is mostly good it means the stew is mo- is a cat turd stew the and it's ruined, stew is ruined and that's what abuse wow. is and oh you, my gosh uh, need, you know and it's not like and uh my girlfriend and i were talking about it and she had a good point that uh an abuser is almost uh, certainly not not in any not in any experience that we're familiar with going to be the kind of person who's like am i actually could it be me am i the problem right like, they're not yeah. being self reflective but they're like you are cra-. they actually believe those things that they're saying like in their s- yeah they they are it, it's possible that they could be actually sadistic or a sociopath but in most cases it could be just that they don't have access to their own feelings mm-hmm. uh, as i understand it that they are like using this other person's feelings as a surrogate so like mm. they feel bad so they make the other person feel bad then when the other person feels bad they feel good but now this person feels bad and is like am i the problem they're like hey well i'm fine now you should be fine they're the frustrated yeah. oh yeah well that actually what helped me what helped me get through like a really rough 
breakup or relationship, you know, like I just had so much judgment for myself for being in a relationship that really wasn't serving me. But again, you know, taught me a lot, of course. But one of the things that brought me a lot of peace and being able to like actually have compassion for my ex-boyfriend was just realizing like he actually, he was doing his best and his best wasn't good enough for me, but it was, it was his best. Like I don't, he wasn't intending on, on hurting me. And, and I know that's like a really simple, easy thing to, to say, but it's like, Oh, I don't know. It's just, Oh yeah. I mean, it's good because like sometimes if you have that realization while you're in the relationship and it, then you're like, well, then I guess he's not trying to hurt me, so I shouldn't hold that against him, so I should stay for more, right. like, uh, you know, un- unnecessary mm. treatment. Like, it's there's a thing that Marianne Williamson says sometimes, like, that's something like, uh, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to have lunch with them. That is, like, I need to get that tattooed on my face, because I, <laughs> or maybe not my face, <laughs> but it, no, you <laughs> have to. be like, hey, are you worthy of my time? Let me just check the mirror. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's, it's yeah. not, to, there's just, you don't even have to think about, you don't have to, like, weigh everybody's merits. Like, no. but Well, and if you feel like you need to be weighing their merits, it's probably not a good lunch date. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're, like, should I hang out with Liz? Mm. Yes. You know? Yes. Sh- it, it's, if it's not like a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Like basically. Yeah. Or yeah. you don't have to say the F word though. Oh, I'm fine. Um, I'm just saying. I understand. Yeah. yeah. This is for mom. Oh, just oh, yeah. kidding. Mom, you don't have to. <laughs> I, uh, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, there's so yeah. many people like when, when pe- I don't like, I don't want to, I strive to not judge as much as possible because we are all, uh, uh, we're know, we're all one as a <laughs> if you could just go back to minute five points this, along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys are all everybody's farther along. Everybody's a little older and more experienced. Wow. Uh, but like some <laughs> people will enjoy like hate watching, you know, a movie or a TV show. And that can feel good. I certainly have experienced that. But also I, I like to think about the fact that right now I watch I used to watch a lot of TV. Now I watch less than I ever have in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, other than when I was a child, I was only allowed like a half hour a night. And uh, then in high school, sometimes I would watch like six hours a night. And then really as an adult, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to watch all the things that are good or important or whatever. And I'm like, now it's, I know that in the time that I have, uh, you know, alive each day, each week, each month, whatever, you know, I might spend some day or weekend or a few days like binging a thing that I love, a show that I love a lot. Mm. Uh, but I also, you know, now I want to meditate every day for a certain amount of time. I want to write for a certain amount of time. I want to walk outside. I want to talk to a friend. I want to record a podcast. I want to write a song. I want to, you know, do comedy, write comedy, listen to my comedy. There's like so many things that even if I was just watching constantly, like, you know, how many shows there are, Mm. how many even shows that are people like, these are the must sees you gotta. So at a certain point I'm like, I'm certainly going to before I start hate watching something, I'm going to finish love watching everything that I can first. Right. Yeah. It, there's just no room or there is room, but like why, why focus yeah. on the things that like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody do what you want, do what you want, but also, and, and no judges and no judges to past selves for yeah. doing those things either. Right. I mean, well, certainly our past selves are the people, if we, if we like who we are in any way now, then it's because we were those past selves. Yes, exactly. Like sometimes, you know, hopefully we didn't make too many mistakes that hurt people. Uh, but certainly if it's a thing where you 
you know, you're like, oh man, I didn't live the best way I could, or I didn't live, you know, experience things as fully or as richly or as balanced or whatever, whatever the thing is that I'm, I would be judging myself. Well then I, I can't go back and undo it. I can only be here and move forward and be an acceptance of it. And also, I mean, another thing, okay, there's, I feel like there's four things I want to say. Okay. But and they're all about things that you've said. That's but I fair. just really you are like an insightful machine where you just like are a factory spitting out like insane. <laughs> like I'm just saying you just spit out one insightful thing after another. And I just want to well, be I, in all of them. For I've a just second. taken in a lot of insightful things. Look, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not not saying that you <laughs> it's not coming from you. It's all of your teach all the people who have lit you I'm up. I'm just a You're conduit just a for freaking, the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just a flute or a lamp, depending if you want sound or light. <laughs> or, you know, some sort of texture if you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm just like a really smooth texture. Yeah, I don't even know what the thing would be. Flowing? I wouldn't even kinesthetic. know. Is this even like a particle? I haven't learned it yet. Particle? Yeah. <laughs> Probably goes between gas and... So. Anyways, okay, back to all the... I'm like now worried I'm going to forget some of them. And it's okay if you do. And it's fine if I do. Um... I feel like I had one. What did you just say? Because there was one that just came up that oh. was number four. Oh. There were three, and then I was like, oh, there's another one. Interesting uh, that before the podcast we were talking about primacy and recency, and now you can't remember the recent one. And also, I can't remember exactly what I said. That's so fine. Just start I'm with, just going to start yeah. at the primacy. Start where you are. Okay, great. And you guys can have just go home and look up that concept because <laughs> we can't go into it right now. But you'll probably understand. So the first thing that okay like when you were describing how like other people and especially friends like certain friends you know light your fire and I think one thing that really draws me to people or draws anybody to a person is like when they expose different parts of you and I just the imagery of like and this isn't my imagery it's just it made me what you were talking about made me think about this is that we're all like a statue and you know you're you tend to be able to see yourself you can only see yourself from one angle at a time right and so it's easy especially like maybe early on in your life you think that you're just that one two-dimensional image oh sure that you see from one and then you and then you start to kind of like rotate a little bit and you can see a little a little more and it's almost like friends have that effect like meeting someone new can like show you your backside or like your other <laughs> like hey, you the, got a nice butt whoa michelangelo <laughs> carving that did he carve the david yeah i think that's right i'm sure he did yes. okay cool i'm gonna give you credit for it mike okay <laughs> not you michelangelo oh thank you yeah yeah i know that's for on his behalf you could do it on yes. his behalf you're the mike that i'm in the presence mike of l angelo yeah that's oh it's my stage name that's gonna be a cartoon too we have to put a oh, pin good. in that okay good, sure. good 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 um i wish we were recording everything gosh yeah i know so i can go back okay okay we're done we're done oh, um, no, i mean i it's you're in the middle of any number of things i know and i told you i told you four but look at me being in the present moment i just can't remember oh that's so great isn't that great i guess that's one of the things is like how okay this is a question i have for you yes what if anything like, I think you have gotten to a point, it seems as though this is true, because I feel like you're not just talking the talk, you're also walking the walk. Like, you live your days in a pretty connected way. Like, where you, I mean, the way you just described your day, you want to meditate, you want to write comedy, you want to listen to comedy, you want to work on um, the things that 
bring you joy. And I'm, I guess if you were talking to somebody who's not quite there, who might be a couple steps, you know, just talk to me. I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) you know, let me just (laughs) offer myself as tribute. Uh, (laughs) um, How do you like, I don't know. Yeah. Like what advice would you have for just getting from um, a point where, uh, I don't know, like I, or like there's, I guess the question could, you could go in a number of directions. Like, are there still things that pull you towards the, um, I don't know, external rewards, like the gold star of, of like, oh, cool. I did another violin lesson versus the, oh, I'm writing a song in my room and this is cool. Sure. I mean, uh, one thing is like, I have some friends who are like getting to be on Colbert doing stand up. Like mm. I've performed stand up on uh, various late night shows, including uh, that one when it was Letterman's show. But like Colbert is a person who I've like loved since, you know, seeing him on The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Like, and I'm like, oh, I would love to be on that show. As yet, I have not gotten the opportunity. I have like taken some steps towards it. Uh, I know that it's possible that I might get to. It's also possible that I might not get to. And so sometimes when I, when I, you know, at different points, uh, in my day or mental, you know, develop. Like right now, I'm in a place where I'm like, this is this is what is happening. Like I love having this conversation. I'm happy to be doing this. Like it's not that you're always like, there is always something happening. Like even mm-hmm. if it's if you're like nothing's happening. Like you know, you're you're sitting there, you're thinking, you're feeling, mm-hmm. you're doing whatever you're doing, and so it's it is interesting for me to think about. Like yesterday, I spent a few hours in the morning, like. I had conceived of this specific kind of song that I wanted to be like a puzzle in a way. And it took like recording it uh, and then like chopping it up, chopping up the recording and like moving the parts around in a, in sort of like a, you know, painstaking way, a pleasure staking way. Uh, (laughs) And, but it took time and effort. And then at one point I hadn't realized that I like was moving it between two different garage band file types and, I had, it was at one speed and the other one was another speed. And so like it shut down oh. and lost like half the data when I was pretty much almost done. And I was like, now I had to figure out what data it didn't lose. And I'm like, now I'm doing a puzzle. Uh, and wow. Like, and yep. so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well either I'm not going to finish it <laughs> or I'm going to put more work into it now or I'll do it later. And I'm like, I have more time. I can, and I finally did figure it out, like why it was doing the crashing that it was. And I mm. changed that, fixed that and finally made it be the thing, you know, at least the first version of a finished thing that I wanted it to be. And it took, you know, it took time and it took effort and energy. And I felt like, you know, proud of having accomplished that. And that, that there is nothing more externally. I might, like I've released music albums before. I might do that. I might put it out in the world. I'll share it with friends at least. But even if I don't, I'm like, I did it. I made the thing and that felt as good as like accomplishing like you know if i when i was in edinburgh and like if i would get a positive review for one of the shows that i did like mm. the show is the thing like the review feels good it feels nice to have you know some sort of external validation for the thing but and also like as a comedian especially i think other, among every mm-hmm. kind of like performing art like comedy is pretty much the only one that requires like external you know like an audience you get immediate feedback and that is how you you build it's interesting because like 
when I started out, you know, when you start out doing comedy, like the only advice is like write and perform and then like, you know, maybe record your set and like listen and see, see what is working and see what's not when it ultimately it's not the only thing like one audience isn't the dictate dictator of like who your com- what your comedy is and who you are on stage. Like eventually you might get to a point where you're like, I'm going to do this thing. And it's worked sometimes and I'm going to try to make it work. Like, I want to talk about this. I want to figure it out. And, you know, but it is always some kind of like, you know, a conversation, a a team interplay. So it's not like, you know, you can write a book and write it without telling anybody anything about it and then publish it. And then it's a book. Mm. Uh, And you could do that for stand up, too. It's very like Bob Newhart, apparently famously, like just recorded his first album, uh, you know, it was just conversa- like phone conversations, like one side of them, I think. And then I think he did perform it for an audience but and made that an album, but that was like the first time he ever performed in front of an audience, I think, what? was recording the album, if I understand correctly. But that's, that's very rare. That's non-standard. So the point is I do, especially because, you know, I live in a capitalist society. I live in a world where, at least right now, like, you know, rent is a thing and food is a thing that costs money. And I'm... I'm <laughs> this pre-apocalyptic oh, society. Yeah. <laughs> we still have rent and food. Keep it free. Keep yeah. it free, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I yeah. do... I am very grateful for, you know, all the ways in which I was, um, like, that I have been lucky, that I've been fortunate uh, to be raised, uh, you know, in, in a time and place, in a society, in a faction of society that you know that where education was possible and valued where there was you know money and scholarships to get me to college and finish college mm. without you know crushing debt uh where you know I I did work for some number of years before I uh became only a comedian full time like I'm grateful that all the steps happened along the way and so right now you know now everything the machine the machinery is in motion like it's not like a new, th- a new idea that I've been having recently is like, uh, you can know how to swim, but you still have to do it. Like you can, yeah. for like spiritual, like guidance, you can know like the slogans, you can know what the things are that are true, but you still, ha- you have to apply them. You, you gotta have do to the shrooms on an island <laughs> and you're going to be like, okay, I get it. No, you don't have to do shrooms, but you, but it's about the. It's about, you know, putting it's about into, the daily. if you're like, yeah, 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 meditation, you know, but it's about. How do you meditate? Uh, I started with uh, Headspace, the mm. app, and I like, I like it, and that's what I mostly use. And then there's also a thing called Insight Timer, which has different teachers and different, you know, lengths of different kinds of focuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, those are the two main things that I do. Like the Headspace ones have specific ones geared towards different kinds of visualization and breath and, uh, like, different focuses on like anxiety or depression or Mm. you know focus or generosity um so i do that for usually like about 20 minutes each day but i guess the thing is the place that i've that i've come to now which is still just a point along a continuum moving forward uh but where i am you know like i'm grateful that i have you know uh enough work that continues to sustain my life and make it so that the work that I do and the way that I spend my days is fruitful that, you know, I don't make money every night, but I make enough, you know, some weekends or some weeks or some nights that it helps uh, continue to keep everything moving along so that I can, you know, get up and meditate and walk and Mm. 
uh, and think and write and do all the things and commune with people and nature and activities. And so I guess the advice is like what I would, the advice that I would give myself from the past or anybody is like, you know, do the jobs that you have to do, uh, you know, in order to keep, you know, yourself living, Mm. uh, if that's a thing while also like, I didn't, I know some people who've like quit jobs because they're like being a full-time comedian is what I want to do. So I'll, even if I have to struggle, which is Mm -hmm. fine, but sometimes I know people who've then been like, I'm going to do some part-time work that isn't comedy Mm -hmm. because it's important for me to live like safely and comfortably enough like that. I'm not like, where's my rent, you know, like, because that stress, uh, isn't necessary that, you know, it, maybe it is necessary for some people, but if you have a way to avoid that, then like, why not do, you know, do what you can to, uh, live and get by as much as possible while also creating the art that you want to and can before getting, before getting to a place where you put pressure on the art to do everything for you. That is so true. Uh, yeah, because that's like, it's all about like the hierarchy of needs, right? Cause yes. you cannot get to enlightenment if you don't have breakfast or <laughs> <laughs> unless you're that's like, an, is that a, is that a quote? Uh, let's quote, let's put like it, it, putting a pin in it. I just <laughs> look at this present moment, just yeah. churning them out. Do you know the, uh, I think it's Carl Sagan who said, like, in order to make an omelet from scratch, you must first create the universe. Oh, I love so that. So it goes along with your thing. It can't, goes along with, yeah. Can't make it to it's enlightenment if you don't have breakfast. You don't have breakfast. Yeah. It's all about eggs, really. <laughs> <laughs> this all goes, what came first, yeah. the egg or the Or the egg. vegan ruining the, the joke about eggs. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. That one came second. That one came second, yeah. Um, but. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's, I mean, the other thing is, I do think that meditation is a thing, like, you don't have to pay for, you, you know, there are some free apps, and there's also, you don't have to use apps, you can, uh, there's some classes, there's mm. some communities. Have you ever floated? Have you ever done a flotation tank? I yeah. have, a couple times. Um once with like a small dose of mushrooms in me mm. which i honestly don't know if i was i because sometimes hallucinating happens like yeah, because of the floating mm-hmm. uh like i've had auditory hallucinations like the most recent time that i floated i've only done like maybe two or three times yeah uh but it's so so impactful that i don't even remember if it's two or three uh but i did it yeah it was just uh the first time I did it, I was like, I don't know if I'm like, it's like anything. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Mm. Uh, Am I making a mistake? Am I, and that's like, if you're thinking those things while you're meditating or doing anything, like you're, you're on the right track. There was, there's an old movie called a documentary called open mic, where I think a lot of old great comedians were interviewed and like Richard Jenny, uh, was a person who is dead now, but was a, you know, massively successful comedian from the eighties. And I think he said something like this. He's like, if you're starting out doing comedy and uh, you think that you suck and every time you go up, people people act like you suck and you feel like you suck and just everything sucks. He's like, then you're probably on the right track. <laughs> so good. And it's, it's so just, true. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the same way that like no one, you know, spiritual path or artistic mm. path or life path or creative path is for everyone. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you get to. You have to slash get to find your, you know, what you're good at and you like, what you want to yeah. work at, uh, and hopefully, you know, have the time and capacity. So, like, meditation, 
like you know with you know sitting meditation might not be for you float tanks might not be for you mushrooms might not be for you but it could be something's for you it could be running is a meditative thing for you it could mm-hmm. be uh music is meditative or dance it could like there could be some way of engaging with the world you know with your body with your mind with your spirit if that's your thing uh which it isn't y- you're its thing uh <laughs> that's so true and we're having- where spirits having a human experience. <laughs> um, so I yeah. like that's the thing. They this thing that I've heard. I I wonder who I wonder who said it. I guess it's we're all one, so it's everybody. But uh, they say if it. you if you have time to meditate, do it ten minutes a day. And oh no, if you do if you have time to meditate, yeah yeah. If you have time to meditate, do it ten minutes a day. And if you don't have time to meditate, do it an hour a day. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. So I I think that I mean <laughs> it's I a could, helpful. Yeah. It can yeah. Yeah. If another, you if yeah. you find a way to actually do it. Yes. Like where, yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it was like, before I meditated, I was like, but I have so many garbage TV shows that I have to watch. Like, when am I have time? <laughs> I could be watching one more 22-minute episode of a garbage TV show. Uh, I was, oh, I don't have to do that. And so for me, it was about sort of like reassessing my mm. goals and like timing of things. Like, sometimes it seems like you, like we must do something by a certain point, by a certain age, by a certain date, mm. by a certain, you know, level. I've been, I've been doing comedy for this long. I should have been doing, like, there's no shoulds of that nature right uh there's and so for me it's helpful to think about like you know there have been years some years where i've been like on a late night show four times in a calendar year and i'm like yeah keep that up get every year keep it up and like that hasn't happened every year and there might be a year like this year that i don't do any and that's fine like and uh if i even if i never did any again that would be okay like i want to keep doing comedy and i want to keep making albums and specials and you know and songs and maybe books and put these things out into the world and like i definitely can do what i want to do it's a question of like you know who will produce it who will publish it who will whatever but you know especially with all the technology that exists i can do most of what i want now and even and then if at a certain point it doesn't make me enough money to live then i will address that and do something else to make myself money Mm. to live so for me it was just a matter of having a job that made enough money uh while i you know while i was getting off the ground and then you know and also not i i think not that i was like hard on myself but i definitely i don't think that i felt pressure but i definitely acted like there was like i gotta keep going keep moving keep achieving keep which is like Mm. a very i think you know maybe western or American or capitalistic be like, you know, there's like businesses that are like, we made this much last year in this month. So we got to make more this year. Like why? What if it's different now? You know? Right. Like what, can't we just keep making enough? Can't we be kind to our workers? No. Okay. No, we need Uh, bigger, better, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Last Mm -hmm. year we made our employees suffer this much this year. We need to do (laughs) even more. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So I think like having, there's the a Zen koan I like that's like let go or be dragged, so Ooh, that's a like, good one. Yeah. Letting go, like you know why? Why are you? Why are we doing things? Like is it, who is it for? Who is mm. grading us? Who is judging us? Who like do we want to be? Like you know if it's a question of like of, of course there are you know I don't know if we we haven't really gotten into this much but there's you know people there are people suffering in ways that they cannot help you know children that are being taken from their parents and uh people suffering from diseases and hunger all over uh and these are problems that are important to address and it's not like you know hey you should just uh meditate obviously uh 
hierarchy yeah. of needs. Yeah, if we're in a you position need, where yeah. we can <laughs> help ourselves and help other people, yeah, uh, then great. You know, definitely starting out with making sure that you can swim, that you can stay afloat. Put uh, your oxygen mask yeah, on. Do that before thing. you help. Yeah, <laughs> the child next to you. Right. Uh, or across the world, but yeah. So those are. I hope those are. Did I answer your question? You so did. And it's, yeah, I love it. And, and And I feel like the theme, and I'm really sad we have to stop <laughs> talking pretty soon. I'm not sad because we're going to do your yeah. podcast right after yes. this, which you should go listen to. This is a great segue, which I'm going to do. I still want to say this other thing because it feels like one theme that keeps coming up. It's, I mean, and it comes up in my life a lot, but I just love hearing it through your lens is sort of, it's not about doing headspace for 10 minutes a day, but it's like, oh, when you find the thing that lights up, it's just like, let's just pay attention to when we light up and actually give yourself permission to follow that light because it's going to just keep expanding. Yes, that is good. I think that is. I like that through okay. your lens. It is our lenses together because <laughs> look at us <laughs> reflecting our light back <laughs> to each other. Oh, yeah. Like those mirrors in Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? There was this one challenge uh. where you had to like angle the mirrors uh. in a way to reflect the light from the... That sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. Okay, good. Um, and I now accept. that's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> to my Into Carmen Sandiego-based podcast. Yeah. <laughs> where in the World is Broccoli and Ice Cream, the name oh. of my podcast. That's that's real. It's just called broccoli and ice cream. Yeah, the where in the world part. It's uh, it's on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, and also on Kickstarter Drip for uh, bonus episodes that cost a dollar if you want a bonus episode, which you should because that's the ice cream part. Oh yeah. So listen to Mike's podcast. Thank you. Broccoli and ice cream. And where else is there anything else you'd like to plug? Or? Uh, sure. I mean, my stand. If you if I come to where you are and I do stand up, then come see me do stand up. And if I'm not where you are, or even if I am, uh, I have albums that you can listen to. They're all you know available online or on my website. Uh, and I have a special that you can watch on Amazon. So if you just look for my name, uh, wherever you want something, then I'm sure somebody will ask you for money. And you should give it to them because Mike Kaplan is wonderful, oh, as you now know. Thank you. Because uh, you've been here the whole time with us. Yeah, so we, you, you can't just tune in at the last. It's not like a TV show. It's like for those people just tuning in at the last three if seconds of the podcast, <laughs> it might be in the future. You know? <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, uh, you miss something delightful. <laughs> if you scroll to the end to get the credits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite part is luck. the credits of a podcast. I yeah. love. Yes. Our producer was. And the theme <laughs> song was written by. Exactly. Mind descends with an awkward goodbye, which we're about to do. It's going to be so fun. It's exciting. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm so grateful goodbye. for oh. you. Oh, no. We were in. Oh, no. <laughs> I, made, I made it real awkward. Uh, please, please say what you're going to say. Uh, God, no. It's pretty much time to say. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you for being here. This has been so wonderful. It really has. And our conversation will continue. It will. On broccoli and ice cream. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>